Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Very good. Are you all ready for the Bible this morning? All right, I'm going to read to you Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, and we're going to jump into it today. It says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Would you say hunger? Hunger. Now this time, I, we're going to do it again, but I want you to do it like you're hungry. You ready? Are you, I want you to say hunger. Oh, yeah. Like, not hangry, but hunger, right? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Let's pray. Father, we love you, and we're just so honored by the privilege of coming together in your name and worshiping you, and you are our guest of honor. You are our hero. You are the one that we love, the one that we proclaim, and we are so proud to serve and to follow you, Jesus, and we're just thankful, thankful for you, and right now, Lord, we want to hear from your word. We want to learn from your word, and we ask God that you God would just speak to each one of us, even as you speak to all of us, Lord. God, our hearts are open, and I pray, Father, for the leading and the wisdom, the unction of your Spirit, God, to share what is in your Word. We thank you for the authority of your Word and trust it today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. To deal with a couple pops today. Oh, you know, hold on a second. It's something. All right? Sounds good. We're all diagnosing right now, right? For those of you who like, we like to solve a problem, well, it's got to be the such and such and the this and this. And we're all feeling better right now, right? That, I love that verse, Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. What drew me to this verse in this topic was that word hunger, our desire for God. This the, the, the verse uses that phrase, hunger and thirst, um, which is something that you and I do daily, right? Like, I don't know about you, but I really like to eat lunch every day, right? There's about this time of day where my stomach speaks to me, and it goes, it's time. And I'm like, it's time, right? And I, I go through my routine, and this scripture is putting this in the concept of like this daily hunger, this daily desire for the Lord. It's an interesting paradox, right? Because in Scripture, Paul, one of the things he said was, I found the secret is to be content in all things, right? There's something about contentment that's really good. And I think that contentment has to, be with, has to do with not being a restless person, right? However, on the other side, what we don't want is we don't want any apathy towards our God because our God is worthy of something other than apathy, right? It's like, let's all be apathetic to the Lord. Doing great right? Like that just doesn't, let's all praise the Lord. We're like, whoop, whoop, right? Like that, that feels right. Last week we talked about how praise completes enjoyment. We praise our God because we love our God. And what is it that we are hungering and thirsting for in the scripture is it says to hunger and thirst for righteousness. Why does it say righteousness? Well, the scripture is found in the Beatitudes, right? Where Jesus has this famous sermon on the mount. And he's making statements like, blessed are the poor in spirit, which, I mean, let's, let's think about that logically. That doesn't sound like a blessing, right? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Woohoo! 
Woo, right? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And when he gets to blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the tone has already been set. Those who've experienced brokenness in this world, that have known what it is to be poor in spirit, those who've known what it is to, be, to mourn, those who've known what it is to, to be meek, that this scripture is for them. And this deep desire for righteousness has this component of wanting to see justice for those who have suffered, right? The, the Greek word um, for righteous is the same word as you use for justice, right? And wanting the oppressed, the poor in spirit, the meek to receive justice. There's also a, a personal component, right? Because it's, I hunger and thirst myself for righteousness. And that, that word righteousness has a connotation of like right standing, before God. I want to I stand right before God. The thing, though, is right standing before God when we look at it scripturally is not something we achieve through our works. It's something we achieve and we receive by having faith in Christ. And we've preached that sermon many times, and I'll preach it again, I'm sure, because it's such a fundamental part of our faith. But the reality is you can't be good enough to become righteous. You need some help. You need him to clothe you. You need his goodness on your, on your life. And so there's that piece of it of you're not working harder, but you're receiving from the Lord, and that transforms you, and it does transform the way you live your life. Then there's this salvation component of righteousness. A hungering for righteousness is ultimately hungering for God and to, for salvation and to know God forever in eternity. So when we hunger and thirst for righteousness, we are hungering and thirsting for God. He is the provision. He is the one we need. And he is the one who will ultimately, in that verse, fill us and fill our need. We're hungry for him. He fills our need. It's an interesting thing, right? You're hungry for the Lord. And I'll bet you there's never been a time in your life where you sincerely hungered after God, sought after God, and he left you high and dry. Because there's just this principle. Now, he might not always do things the way you want them. You know, he doesn't work for you, right? We, we serve him. But he does not disappoint. When we truly want God and we want him in our lives, he does not disappoint. When I get hungry for lunch, I do not disappoint myself. I go and get me some lunch. Except when we were fasting. <laughs> then I was like, okay, Jesus, I'm going to pray. I'm going to hunger after you. That fit really well. Um, one of the challenges when we're really honest with ourselves is that we tend to lose our hunger for God. Now, I'm not about to like pull out a bat from behind here and like start clubbing you with it. But in honesty, we can lose our hunger for God. And there's many reasons for it. One of the reasons we can lose our hunger for God is Frankly, we can get really comfortable in life, right? I mean, we are blessed. I don't mean that you don't have problems and challenges and things in your life, but we are a blessed people. And sometimes comfort can, can lull you to sleep, if you will. And you can just like chill because you are so blessed. Another reason why that we can um, lose our hunger from the, for the Lord is frankly, our lives get very, very full with activities, right? 
We have activities, we've got work, we've got school, we've got children, we've got you know, our entertainment and all of those kind of things. And it is, if you will, like with this picture, the more and more I fill this picture up, that this picture is you, there's got to be some room for God, right? And sometimes our lives are just full. We're just going, going, going. And I, I, I do the same thing at times where I give God what's last rather than give God what's best, Right? And give him the best portion that honors him and says, listen, before I start filling my time and my calendar and all those things, I want to make some room for you because you are my priority. You are the one that I worship. There is the added benefit that when we seek first the kingdom of God, all these things will be added unto us, right? That there is that blessing in it. The other thing that can cause us to lose our hunger for the Lord, and we talked about this, we had a word last week about this, is when we focus so much on our problems that we lose focus on the Lord. And really what happens is when we focus so much on the challenges in life rather than the God who can transform and work through those challenges, the challenge becomes the idol. Meaning an idol not like you're bowing down and worshiping it, but an idol meaning like that is the thing that you are focused on. That's the thing that you see is the problem. It's the thing that's in the back of your mind. It's the thing that's in the front of your mind. And again, it begins to crowd out that room for the Lord. Am I talking to the right people? Now, these, these activities will fill our life, but they will not fill our spirit. Right? They will not draw us closer to God. And so there's two approaches to like figuring that out, right? It's like, all right, one approach is that we can condemn ourselves. You know, culturally as a church family, we like to steer clear from the, the condemnation route because typically shame-based activities, guilt-based activities do not bear the fruit in our lives that faith-filled activities do right, and hope-filled activities. So rather than shaming one another and, and, and condemning one another, and I'll tell you, if you want to go down that road, the devil will help you because he is great about helping you feel shameful about what you're doing. Now, we, can, we respond to conviction, the conviction of the Holy Spirit, but that conviction of the Holy Spirit makes us want to run to God, not away from him. Shame and condemnation makes us feel like we need to run away from God, we need to penalize ourselves, we need to keep ourselves away from God. The other opportunity that we have when it comes to developing our hunger for the Lord is we open up our hearts, we open up our hearts, and we allow the Lord to inspire us. And we look for for examples that inspire us to sincerely hunger for God with greater passion. I know for me, you know, when I was uh, watching and checking in with the Asbury uh, revival that was going on for, for several weeks there, the thing that I loved to watch was I was watching these young adults have their hunger met. There was something about the presence of God and interacting with God that their hunger, and what was wild was they kept going and going and going and going, and they were filled and filled and filled again. And I think it was totally God that the Jesus Revolution movie came out right after the Asbury Revival thing. Like, I was so blessed by that. My parents were saved in the Jesus Revival, and um, Elizabeth and I, you know, some people like you pre-buy your ticket for a Marvel movie or something. Elizabeth and I pre-bought our, our st- seats 
to see the Jesus Revolution. We saw it Tuesday at 11 o'clock because we are old. That was actually the 110 showing. And there's a deal, by the way. You can get like a movie. T- Anyhow, I'll, I'll tell you later. Love a good deal. So, and now, you know, you pick your seats. I don't know about y'all, but I love the stadium seating. And I love that first row behind the first section where you can put your feet up on that bar. I am all about dead center. And here Elizabeth and I are. We're the youngest people in the room. And we are just watching the Jesus revolution. And again, it was seeing God meet the hunger of people. And in that, that movie, and in with the Asbury, um, as the, as, uh, let me do one thing at a time here. In that movie, one of the ties that they made was what was going on right before the Jesus Revolution was this drug, um, you know, free love kind of movement, and people were doing a lot of acid and all that kind of stuff, and searching for the meeting of life. And the way the movie looks at it is God recognized the hunger of a generation and said, I'm going to move and I'm going to fill them. And it's not going to be the drugs and the sex that's actually going to give them revelation about the meaning of life. It's going to be me. And it it does a really good job of painting the picture of how that world came crashing down, but people were still hungry for the truth. It does a really nice job, job of that. And I think the same thing is happening in our generation right now. There's a hunger to want to know God, and God is willing to fill those who hunger after him. And I think, you know, what's incumbent upon us is to say, I... I don't want to lose my hunger. I want my hunger to grow, but I also want it to be sincere. I want it to be real. I don't want it manufactured. I don't want it hyped. I want something in me that just really says, God, I want you. Like I said, we've got two routes. We can go the the condemnation route, or we can go the inspiration route. We're going to go the inspiration route. If you want to do the condemnation route, you can have your own service around 1 o'clock in the parking lot. Just kidding. Just playing. Just playing. The, um, the Apostle Paul is my inspiration when it comes to a hunger for God. I love his journey, his salvation, his growth as a believer, and his letter to Philippi captures this in Scripture, this hunger for God. In Philippians 3.8, it says this, What is more, I consider everything a loss. Because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from faith on the basis of, or comes from God on the basis of faith. Isn't it cool that there's Paul talking about this righteousness? And how does he receive it? He receives it by trusting and knowing God, faith in God. And it's that same tie with that scripture that we were just reading. But in these verses, I love it how he says, basically, I left my old life for this. I consider everything that I left behind for Jesus and to serve Jesus garbage. And if you know Paul's story, like he was an elite well-educated, had lots of influence and all that. And he's like, I could care less about all of that just to know Christ. I consider it all a loss and to be well worth it just for the surpassing worth. I love that. The surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus. You know, there's a lot of things that we value in life. What Paul valued was knowing the Lord. 
You know what's beautiful? Is it doesn't matter how much is in your pocket. It doesn't matter the house you live in, the circumstances you are in. You can access that same Lord. And you can have that surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus just by interacting with him by faith and knowing him. Isn't that beautiful? That is a level-setting thing on the planet. The same God who saves kings is the same God who, sings, who saves the slaves. He saves us all by His grace and by knowing Him, and you have access to Him, this surpassing worth. In the next verse, Paul doubles down on it. In verse 10, he says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection, participating in his suffering. Some of y'all are going, okay, we're going a little far here. Participating in the sufferings. Becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Y'all, this is Paul expressing this deep desire to know Christ. And the reason it inspires me is he already knows Christ. This is the Apostle Paul who's writing to a church, who's planted churches, who's seen miracles, who's preached the sermons, who who knows the thing. If anybody knows Jesus, Paul knows Jesus. And yet there's this cry, this hunger inside of him that says, I want to know him. I want to know him more and more and more to the point where he's willing to express his willingness to even suffer if he gets to know Christ better because he wants to know him that well. And he's willing to, to, to see his power move. There's a hunger. I want to see your power. I'm willing to suffer on your behalf. I just want to know you. Now, I've got to tell you, when I listen to something like that and I see that in Scripture, it's easy for me to go, man, I just fall so short. Like my hunger is nowhere near there. I just want to encourage you today to like let it pull you forward, not push you back. Let it draw, let, let it draw you to him. Let it go, you know what? I just want to get some stuff out of my capacity bucket here. And I just want to make some extra room for the Lord. Because I know that if I make some room for the Lord, and if I hunger for him, he's going to fill that spot. Elizabeth and I have been trying something new uh, recently, last last few days, we've been praying together at the end of the evening. And you're like, well, pastor, I thought you guys probably already prayed together and do that for years. No, we didn't. We prayed, <laughs> we prayed about stuff when things would come up. I mean, we prayed together, but like the, the practice of prayer. And so we've been using some different models and things like that and just having fun with it and just making just some extra room in a part of the day when we don't make as much room. Because we normally have our kind of wind-down procedure. You probably have your wind-down procedure, and my wind-down procedure had my bucket full, and I thought, let's just, we're just going to make a little room. Would you say make a little room? Make a little room. Would you say make a lot of room? <laughs> Philippians 3.12, this is in the same Scripture, says, not that I've already obtained all this or I've already arrived at my goal. This is Paul talking. I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold for me. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straightening forward to what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenly in Christ Jesus. 
Paul's passion for God is so strong that he's like, I press on, I press in. He has experienced so much, but he doesn't consider himself to have taken hold of it yet. There's this hunger inside of him. And it's the same guy who said, I found the secret is to be content. He can be content and yet still be hungry. He can say, I am satisfied. I know what it is to have a lot. I know what it is to have a little. And I found the secret is to be content in all situations and yet have this hunger for the Lord. I don't know about you, but that just inspires me, that he knows that there is more to know about the Lord. We talked about this in our John class earlier this morning. We we talked about how you can read the Bible for years and years and years and decades. What's amazing is you can just continue to search out God's Word, and the Holy Spirit will show you more and more and more about the Lord. We don't get to a place where it's like, well, yeah, I've read that, then done that. Yeah, I don't actually have to read that book because I've already read it four times, you know. It's like, no, 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 there's more. There's more to know about the Lord. There's more to know about his character and about his love and about his power and his authority and what he can do. And, and I think of it kind of like an athlete, you know, that you, you go out, you know, you see uh, football players on a Sunday, like they go out there and they give it their all on that Sunday and they're playing their football or whatever their game is. You, there's this, uh, this phrase, leave it on the field. And it's this idea of, I am going to give everything I've got for that 60 minutes. And I'm, I want to make sure that I don't come back going, you know what, I had more in the tank that I could have given. And I feel like in this life, if you will, you know, this is, this is pre-eternity. Life goes on for a really, really long time, and it's really, really good if you know Jesus, right? Like, we have a lot to look forward to, amen? But we're on the field, if you will, right now. We're in this season of our life and experience that we will never get back once we cross over to the other side. We have this time that we get to steward, and we get to steward what we put into this bucket. We get to steward our hunger for, the God and, for God and, and how we know him. And at the end of your life, if you are calling upon Jesus and he is your Lord, it gets really good, amen? But when we look back, will we look back and will we go, gosh, I wish I would have hungered for him some more. I wish I would have sought him some more. He was so good to me, and I can't get that season back. I heard a pastor preaching a, a message about uh, his wife had passed away, and he was preaching a message, and he was talking about how the worship that I give to God right now is so unique because I'm suffering and I'm grieving, but my worship to the Lord right now is precious because I'm in this really weird season. And it becomes more precious because I'm making time for God and worshiping God. And I just want to encourage you, like, if your life is full and the anxiety is full and the pressures are great, these are all more reasons to to press in more and to make a little room. And it's really not complicated. It's really just about making some room for the Lord. And you probably already know what to do with that room. Just get into the Word. You just... Spend some quiet time with him where you're quiet before him. You spend some time with him where you're praying to him. You put on a worship song and you just worship God for a little bit. There's nothing complicated about what to do, but there's a hunger that we want to develop in us. Amen? I'm going to invite the worship team to, to come up, and we're going to close with a song of worship today. And here's, here's my encouragement to you today. Is something holding you back from your hunger? Is there something that is in 
your container that it's like, you know what? I just need to, to make a little bit of room. And maybe it's the comfort thing. Maybe comfort has lulled you into complacency. The irony is sometimes the blessing of the Lord can, make us, can lull us, right? Maybe it's just that you've got, just don't have the room for the Lord. And I want to encourage you to make some room. Maybe the challenges that you're facing are so big that it's hard to take your eyes off of it. It's like everywhere I look, I see the challenge. And I just want to encourage you that God is bigger than the challenge you face. Amen? God is bigger than the challenge you face. And God cares about the challenge you face. Sometimes it takes faith to put the challenge aside and just worship God. Put the challenge aside and say, God, you are first, not this challenge. I know that you see it. I know that me setting aside doesn't mean that I don't care and it goes away. It means that I worship you and I want to know you first. I just want to encourage you today to lay down whatever you, want to, whatever you might want to lay down and just to allow yourself to be hungry. Our prayer is, God, may our hunger be daily. That's why it says hunger and thirst. Is it wants, the Lord wants us to think about our desire for him is a daily desire. For some of us, we grew up thinking that what we needed to do with God was pacify him. If we just keep him not angry with us, we can go about our business. But I want to tell you, that is not the nature of God. He's not looking for excuses to be angry at you. He's looking to build a relationship with you. He took all of his fury and all of his anger, and he put it on the cross with all of your sin and all of my sin, so that we can come to him and ask him to remove our sin, forgive us of our sin, that we might have life in him. I want to encourage you today. Maybe the life that you're in right now, it's like Paul. And it's like, you know, I'm living in the past that I need to forsake. Paul came to a point where his life transformed and he said, you know what? I'm not going to walk this way anymore. I'm going to follow Christ. If you've never had that point in your life, that date, that moment where you said, I want to follow Christ. I want to not just believe in him, I want him to be my God. I just want to encourage you to make today your day to follow Jesus. And like Paul, you can say, the past is behind, and now I'm moving forward with Jesus. Would you stand with me today? We're just going to take a moment, and I'm just going to, we're going to take a song to allow each one of us to just go before the Lord, not in condemnation, but just to say, God, I, I want you more. I need you more. I'm hungry for you. And I want to worship you. And if, while we're singing this song, if you want some prayer today, um, you, you can slip up front and somebody from the prayer team will pray with you. But let's just all focus our heart and our mind and our worship on the Lord. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.